Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, so good to be here today. Amen. Good time Thursday night. Great, great time of fellowship and love and music and prayer. It was a very, very good thing. These uh, last week, this week, and next week, I'm doing uh, a short series on miracles around the sea. And it's the Sea of Galilee. Last week, if you remember, uh, it was about, I'm in the same boat. And, and we talked about Jesus leaving the west side of the Sea of Galilee and traveling to the east side of the Sea of Galilee. And it was through a storm to get to where he was going. You're going to have storms in life, and they're going to scare you. But you can't let them stop you from doing God's work. This week, so last week was in the boat. I'm in the same boat. This week is off the chain. Have you ever heard the term off the chain? Like, man, he's off the chain. Has he lost it? And you've probably seen people in your life that were off the chain. They're out there. They're crazy. They get so mad, they just can't contain themselves. And they're off the chain. It's like when you're going to someone's house, and I'll, I don't know if you do this or not, but I do it. If there's not a beware of the dog sign, I'm always looking for a stainless steel feeding bowl. <laughs> May not say beware of the dog, but if you see that stainless steel feeding bowl and another one with some water, you better hope what's in there is not off the chain. <laughs> because it'll come from nowhere. And when someone or something is off the chain, man, it can be scary. It can be intimidating. You can freeze solid or hopefully you'll loosen up and be able to run off the chain. We're going to talk about somebody today who was off the chain. Something happened to a person that got off the chain. And last week, whether you know it or not, when we went through the story last week of I'm in the same boat, Jesus was heading somewhere. He was heading from the west side of the Sea of Galilee to the east side of the Sea of Galilee. He was going there for a purpose. It wasn't a joy ride. And I want you to know that when you're going somewhere for a purpose, Satan is going to do all that he can to stop you, dissuade you, or scare you. Let's look at Mark 5, verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea, to a country of the Gerasenes, some say Gerasenes, Gerasenes, it's okay. They came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gerasenes. And when they had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man came out of the tombs with an unclean spirit and met him. Here's a man that was been in the tombs with an unclean spirit. He was demon-possessed. And he had been 
number one, in the tombs in a place that was unclean. Number two, he was in a position of being demon-possessed, which was unclean. And number three, he was a Gentile who was unclean to the Jews. So here is Jesus getting off the boat. Now, if you remember in our story last week, it was not just Jesus and the boat. It was his disciples. And there were other boats with him. And they were following him. And so as Jesus gets off the boat here on the east side of the Sea of Galilee, on the east side of the Jordan River, he meets an unclean man with unclean spirit, living as a Gentile, living in the tombs. And everybody's watching. Listen to what happens. And when he had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man in the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him anymore, even with a chain. For he had often been restrained with shackles on his legs and chains on his arms, but the chains he wrenched apart and the shackles he broke into pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. He was a man that was chained. He was physically chained because he was an outcast. You know, when things don't belong inside, you cast them out. Your body does it all the time, every day. It's a cycle. And you can think of people that you know that have been outcast people. They've been off the chain. Nobody wants to be around them. You don't want to be around somebody that's off the chain. You don't want to spend any time with them. As a matter of fact, if you happen to run into them and you know that, you know that they're that kind of person. You want to get away as quick as you can. You'll pick up your phone and say, oh, I'm sorry, I got a call. Right? Or, oh, my mother's calling me if you're really young. My dad. You don't want to be around them. And this man could not be restrained physically anymore. He had broken the chains. He was off the chain. But he was chained spiritually. He was possessed with an unclean spirit who habitated in him. No one could restrain him anymore, even with a chain, for he had often been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart. And it says in verse 5 that night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. This guy was tormented. Now, have you ever been tormented? Maybe not like this to this extent. But I know that things have tormented your life. And so this tormenting of you on the inside, this tormenting of your spirit can be so debilitating. You can't think straight. You can't act straight. Is it your work? Is it your mate? Is it your finances? Is it your beliefs that push you there? Is it your children or parents? They can get where you can just begin to think about being tormented. Tormenting often comes at night, but not with someone who is really, really far out. Someone who is so possessed and so tormented, it happens day and night, and day and night and day and night. You never escape from it. You never get away from it. And he did it in the tombs where he was living and up on the mountains where everybody could see him and hear him. And it says in verse 6, and when he saw Jesus, he, 
Yes, the man saw Jesus. But more than that, those that were tormenting him, inside of him, these satanic influences, they. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him. And he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. You see, the demonic man, but the spirits within him were immediately recognizing Jesus. James 2.9 says, even the devil shudders at the name of Jesus. And as these demons that possess this man saw Jesus, they, they ran out and they said, please, please, don't torment me. He says, what do you do with me, son of the most high God? Do not torment me. For he said, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. I want you to notice that he didn't lay hands on him. He didn't anoint him with oil. He didn't call the elders of the church together. He didn't form a committee. He didn't yell and scream. He didn't check with somebody else to make sure it was all right to operate in the power that God had given him. He just did it. There's going to be times when you won't have anybody with you. He was surrounded by the disciples. He was surrounded by all these onlookers. He could have done it a hundred different ways, just like we can. But all he said was, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And then Jesus asked him, And when Jesus said, come out of the unclean spirit, he said, my name is Legion. And he begged him earnestly, do not send me out of the country. You see, demonic, unclean spirits, they can get real comfortable if you let them. They can linger around and stick with you if you let them. You can be in the wrong place at the wrong time, and you can linger. And if you do that, all you're doing is opening up yourselves and others for Satan. Remember Jesus on the mountain? He, Satan said, aren't you hungry? You can turn these stones into bread. Well, can't you just cast yourself off? The angels will come get you. Look, if you'll just bow down to me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. Jesus rebuked Satan with the word of God, and he did here. He begged him earnestly, don't send me out of the country. Now, there on the hillside, a great herd of swine was feeding. And the unclean spirits begged him. The unclean spirits begged Jesus. Send us into the swine and let us enter them. You see, 
They didn't want to leave where they were. They knew that Jesus had the power to cast them out. So they wanted to go into another body to torment it. They didn't want to be cast into the abyss. Jesus could have done that. Send us into the swine and let us enter them. In verse 13, 13 of Mark 5, he gave them permission. Jesus gave them permission to leave. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out and entered into the swine and the herd numbering about 2,000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and they were drowned in the sea. 2,000 swine, a normal herd of swine, my research has found it's about 150. So this was a huge herd of swine. Have you ever been around a lot of pigs? I, I have. I, I'm talking about the regular pig. I'm not talking about my house at supper time. <laughs> I'm talking about regular pigs. They make noise. They have an aroma about them. They move and shift and shake. They're a herd. And 2,000 pigs. Can you imagine what they're worth? And, and so... These unclean spirits, with the permission of Jesus, went into them. Pigs were unclean to the Jews. So you got unclean spirits going into unclean animals, and Jesus gave the unclean and the unclean permission to be together. But he wouldn't let them stay in legion. And they ran out into the sea, the Sea of Galilee, this sea that's thousands of feet below sea level with mountains on side of it. Have you ever seen a dead animal floating in the water? You know, after a few days, normal gases in a body will make it float and then it will burst and smell again. The swine herders ran off and took it into the city and in the country. And the people came to see what was happening. The mess that Satan will make. People just want to come take a look. But they were also looking for what happened. Listen to Legion. The people came to see what happened. They came to Jesus and saw the demoniac sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. The very man who had the legion, and they were afraid. Folks, when Jesus gets in your life, when he changes you from what you were, unchained, off the chain, 
wrong, and lost. When Jesus changes your life from what you used to do and how you used to think, what you used to, places you used to want to be, the way you used to solve a problem. When Jesus changes you from what you were to what you can be and are, people will be afraid. Is, is, is that him? Wait, wait a second. Isn't she the one that, well, wait, no, no, no. Just last weekend, they were at the, couldn't be the same person. God wants to so radically change our lives that he wants even our closest friend to be so surprised. They were afraid. Those who had seen what happened to the demoniac and the swine reported it. And they began to beg Jesus to leave their neighborhood. God's going to change your life. He's going to change your direction. There are those that you used to hang with in your hood, in your neighborhood, that aren't going to want you around anymore because you're a changed person. They aren't going to want you to be with them anymore because you're going to be reflecting Jesus Christ. They're not going to want you to stand with them because you're going to embarrass them with the new you. Amen? Amen. They began to beg Jesus to leave the neighborhood. And as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed by demons begged him that he might be with him. Who wouldn't? But Jesus refused. He refused. And he said to him, go home. Go home. See, home was the tombs. Home was the chains. Home was scratching and cutting day and night and day and night. But that's not the home he's talking about. And that's not the home he's talking about for us. He said, go home to your friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, ten cities around, how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. There's nothing more powerful than the witness of a changed life. There's nothing stronger than seeing it with your own eyes. I knew what he was. You, you see, Jesus has changed us for a reason. It is to be a witness. He's changed us for a reason so that we can show those that, yes, even us, even me, can be changed. And he wants us to witness this new life that we have. He wants us to spread it to those around us. He wants us to set the captives free. He wants us to take the chains off of those that have chains. He wants us to get to them, and he wants us to cast out demons. He wants us to heal the sick. How do you do that? 
So how do you heal the sick right here? You stick with a brother. You stick with a father. You help him every day, all day, 24 hours a day. Everybody has a slip or a fall. Who's there to pick you up? The Lord Jesus Christ. Off the chain. You're liable to scare somebody if you get off the chain. If you get off the chain, not like the bulldog in the yard when you open the chain leap gate and hope it closes back when you can get out of there. No. God wants you off the chain for him. He wants you off the chain in how you live. He wants you off the chain in how you give. He wants you off the chain and all those that you can fix, heal, and deliver and cast out. You see, the disciples had been shown how to cast out demons. But this one, this was one for Jesus. Now, as we transition from this into communion, I want you to think about the communion that we're going to have. It celebrates the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It it symbolizes his body and his blood that he shed for us so that we can have eternal life. But not just eternal life. It's not just a slide into home safe. Just like with this man, Legion, it is an opportunity for us to understand what God has done for us through the bread and the wine to take into us to consider and to examine and understand that, like him, we also will do his works. Next week, we're going to go back on the other side of the lake. We're going to do another miracle around the lake. We're going to go back to the west side of the lake and see what Jesus can do there. Dear Lord, we thank you today for your son. Father, we thank you that You've healed this man. Yes, you've broken his chains. And that you've set him free. For God, you say that you will break the chains and set the captives free. Lord, let us, like those in Decapolis, be amazed at what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to have communion now. And... Uh, The way we do communion here at TLC is we all get the elements, and then we take them together. After communion, we're going to have a time of uh, worship and song. Dear Lord, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, for what you did for us, your body bruised and broken. Father, as you carried the cross up the hill, Golgotha, the place of the skull, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you endured that for us. Father, as the cross was nailed together, laid down, 
as the holes were dug to place the cross up in it. You knew what was coming. You did it willfully for us. We thank you for that, God. We thank you. We thank you, God, for the blood that you shed. Father, as you hung there for hours for us, nailed to a cross. And Father, as they slipped a sword into your side and as you bled, Father, we believe that your blood that fell to the earth had a redemptive power to save and to heal, that it was for us, O oh God. We thank you. The scriptures do record. It was during Passover, and Jesus was with his disciples in a room, in an upper room in Jerusalem. They had gone there to prepare it. And as the disciples and Jesus prepared the meal, they sat there together and they had the Passover meal. And after the meal was over, Jesus, he took the bread and he said, take this, this bread, it's, it's the body, my body of the new covenant that was broken for you. He said, do, do this often in remembrance of me. He also took the cup. And as they shared this, this wine at the Passover dinner, this Passover meal, it was the last time that Jesus was going to be with his disciples in this circumstance forever on this earth. He said, this is my blood, my blood of the new covenant. And do this in remembrance of me. All right. All right. Dear God, we thank you today. We thank you for what you do for us each and every day. We thank you for the power that you have. We thank you for the love and the mercy that you show us. God, we're so grateful. That despite anything that we do, you love us. You care for us. Your mercy endures forever.